through the looking glass. Why are so many well-observed science-based narratives coming from a few newspaper columnists and retired High Court judges, and not from politicians and the majority of doctors in positions of power? Money usually talks, but not today. Faced with total economic collapse, hysteria is trumping science and money every time. The members of my own profession appear not to have done any independent investigation of their own, content to follow whatever is the do- content to follow whatever is the current dogma unquestionably. Not every one of them, but doctors who question this dogma are accused by their fellows of being conspiracy theorists or putting people's lives at risk. We were doing a great job in the UK when we were following the advice of Her Majesty's Government Chief Scientific Advisor Sir Patrick Vallance to let the harmless to most people virus spread till we reached a level of natural herd immunity when cases would stop. Sir Patrick is a wise and experienced doctor. He also has common sense, which unfortunately is not very common. I thought, if we were in safe hands, Sir Patrick's plan to sequester the vulnerable, let the virus spread and gain natural herd immunity seemed admirable and evidence-based. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, manfully stuck to Sir Patrick's sage advice despite fierce opposition and personal attacks by populist politicians, so-called experts, and the media going for him and Sir Patrick's throats. People will die, they screamed. Experts say herd immunity only applies to children. Where do they find these experts? 10,000 people die of pneumonia every year. 20,000 in 1999-2000, when all nurses' leave was cut, all elective elective operating lists were cancelled, the NHS had to hire refrigerated lorries to put bodies in because the mortuaries were full, and London ambulances had to drive people as far afield as Derby to find ITU beds. There were 60,000 more NHS beds in 1999 than there are now subsequent to successive government cuts. And the country was not shut down, nor bankrupted, and our civil liberties were not taken away. Every year, every winter, NHI hospitals are heaving. All the beds are full. People are left on trolleys in the corridors for days, some dying on them. And the country is not shut down, nor bankrupt, and our civil liberties are not taken away. On the 16th of April, 2020, Neil Ferguson of Imperial College revealed his report and disease model that he had written based on cherry-picked assumptions and using calculations he devised 13 years ago, and which he has refused to share with anyone. The report had no peer review. No one outside of Ferguson's group even checked the maths. Ferguson announced hundreds of thousands in the UK and millions in the USA would die unless the population was locked down for up to 18 months. However long it took to produce a vaccine. And the government believed him. The Prime Minister abandoned his prudent course to cheers from the rabid press, as did the USA. One 
unreviewed, unchecked report by the man who brought us to the wholesale slaughter of British farm animals, foot and mouth, in 2001, took down the free world. It was that easy. While experienced, conscientious scientists, epidemiologists and doctors around the world said, this must be wrong. This is not what we're seeing. It's not how this kind of epidemic behaves. How many deaths will there be from crime, murder, domestic violence, suicide, unemployment, patients not getting their usual care or chemotherapy and the inevitable toll that real depression and hopelessness from economic collapse bring in their wake? How many? A week later, Professor Sunetra Gupta of Oxford University produced a much more rational report which predicted far fewer deaths. She reasoned that the peak of cases had probably already been reached and that the virus having started circulating earlier than previously thought. Professor Gupta, however, surprised she was at the readiness at which the Imperial College model had been accepted. She was pilloried in the press. It is only acceptable to bring bad news and to increase hysteria, not diminish it. It's not published or peer-reviewed, they screamed. Neither was the Imperial Report. In these difficult times, there have been some lovely instances of kindness and community spirit, with focus on what really is important in life. But there have also been people reporting to others, to the authorities, and being abusive to those whom they perceive endangering health due to non-evidence-based virus scaremongering. For going, maybe, for two walks a day, or, or talking to somebody nearer than two metres. Also, stories of police stopping motorists driving alone in their cars in order to walk alone in the national parks. Where I live, in northwest London, glass shop doors of several businesses were smashed down as thieves broke in to steal cash boxes last week. In Italy, armed police are guarding supermarkets after crowds saying they had no money tried to take food for their families. The world has spent 80 years blaming the Germans. They might say they didn't, but deep down they did, for murdering all those Jews. I would never have done that. I would have spoken out, they say. Would they? Would they really? In just a few weeks, almost the whole world has been confined in a form of house arrest. Their liberties restricted, free speech curtailed. Bodies are now allowed to be cremated without a death certificate for a virus that is wreaking less havoc than the 1999-2000 flu. Would they really have said anything all those years ago when they are not saying anything now? No, they would not, because the very same tactics were used then as now. Those Jews are going to take your jobs, steal the bread from your mouths of your children, rape your women, and along with homosexuals, gypsies, disabled, they will pollute your race. Be very afraid of them. Now... That coronavirus is going to kill your parents, kill your grandparents, kill you because you have asthma, diabetes, heart disease, and those people out in the sunshine are going to die, make you die, and anyone who doesn't agree with this is trying to kill you. After being the author of all this devastation, Neil Ferguson of Imperial is now saying, Oh, I may have miscalculated. It may only be 20,000 deaths. And I still won't share my calculations. He might have miscalculated. After the havoc he has wreaked in everyone's lives, he has blood on his hands, and not that it's just the blood of those animals. He has 
Has this admission caused any relaxation of the measures currently in force or distancing from Ferguson's original secret calculations? Not at all. There is now talk of making the isolation arrangements more stringent. It is entirely predictable that Neil Ferguson of Imperial College would produce the model he did and would advise that an 80-month lockdown until a vaccine arrives was necessary. His department works in partnership with the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization works hand-in-glove with the Gates Foundation. The Gates Foundation aims to institute compulsory vaccination programs to all countries in the world. The WHO and Gates Foundation even now are targeting Africa for vaccine trials as the World Health Health Organization is said to rightly be drawing attention to the risks the virus poses to the poorest and most vulnerable nations, particularly in Africa. There are hardly any cases of illness ascribed to coronavirus in Africa compared to the rest of the world. But people in African countries will be handy and cheap to test the vaccine on. A Nature editorial in February 2020 states, It's hard to avoid the feeling of déjà vu. Infectious disease outbreaks are often accompanied by such pledges to improve disease surveillance and by promises to provide funds for drug and vaccine development. What is less forthcoming is sustainable funding for clinics providing community-level general medicine and for medical and nursing education, as well as investment to sustain hospitals with supplies of electricity and running water. The Gates Foundation, in the form of its vaccine initiative, GAVI, along with the Rockefeller Foundation and Microsoft, are the alliance behind ID2020, which aims to force everyone to have secure digital identities that will be used to track people and their vaccination records and stop people travelling or maybe even leaving their home if they have not been vaccinated with an ever-increasing and arbitrary number of vaccines for which the manufacturers have no liability for any damage caused. Would this pandemic have been able to happen had it not been for the new Director-General of the World Health Organization, Tedros and Hanon Gebrezis, who took up his post in 2017. We have had SARS, Ebola, swine flu, MERS, Zika, pandemic scares, but the current scare has been the most successful one of all. It has brought the world to its knees not because of any virus, but because of the response of the World Health Organization and other countries to the perceived virus. How much of this currency policy of the World WHO is dictated by the Gates Foundation? Though the WHO is a public institution, the details, engagements and Gates' involvement aren't available in the WHO's budgets or financial statements. The other partners of Imperial College are AstraZeneca, Merck, Servier, all pharmaceutical companies, and Nestle. Apart from Nestle, they all make vaccines. If you wear pink-tinted spectacles, everything you see will be pink. Natural immunity, intravenous vitamin C, chloroquine in severe cases, none of the USA Centers for Disease Control scientists all the UK Department of Health experts are interested in using these. Why do they not consider them? Because no pharmaceutical companies are interested in supplying them as they are cheap, cost pennies and are oft patent. The World Health Organization, 
the Gates Foundation and governments all around the world are pushing for something new, expensive and patentable. No wonder Bill Gates has left Microsoft to concentrate full-time on philanthropy. How much more money can you make by vaccinating 8 billion people compared with software? As coronaviruses make up 25% of common colds, we haven't managed to make a vaccine against the common cold in 70 years. What chance is there that they'll come up with one now? There have, in fact, been previous coronavirus vaccines after SARS. A vaccine was developed which produced very good antibody levels in mice. Unfortunately, when the mice were exposed to natural coronavirus, this provoked such a huge response, immune response, primed by the vaccine, that the mice died. Après toi. Lack of safety and effectiveness notwithstanding, dependence on vaccines as the only solution to every bodily need is so pervasive that doctors are advising people to have a flu shot as there is no coronavirus vaccine available, even though studies have shown that flu vaccination makes you more susceptible to coronavirus. The laboratory data in our study showed increased odds of coronavirus and human metapneumovirus in individuals receiving influenza vaccination. This appears in the results and discussion sections, but not the conclusion. Dr. Franz, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases in America since 1984 and one of the lead members of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, speaks about his ambitious plan to scale up COVID-19 vaccine with government money which will allow them to manufacture the vaccine before there are any results or any trials, so they can push it, to the, it the vaccine, onto the market. He laments that this did not happen with Zika and SARS vaccines, that getting them manufactured and into the market has been a stumbling block for previous developments of vaccines, Fauci says. We have a nice Zika vaccine, but we don't have enough to do because there is no Zika around. Same with SARS. In other words, had there been outside funding to push Zika and SARS vaccines onto the market, they would have, even in the absence of need, he added. So that's one of the things we're really going to push on, is to be able to have it ready, if in fact it works. Perhaps a minor consideration. A better approach. Instead of focusing on vaccines, new drugs, shortages of ventilators, respiratory failure, no ITU beds, total organ failure, would it be better to focus on not getting invasive disease in the first place? How? Eat well? Stop eating lots of sugar and processed foods? Look at the Alliance for Natural Health for food plate. If you get symptoms of any acute illness, don't take paracetamol, ibuprofen, antihistamines, decongestants and opiate cough suppressants which all sabotage the body's innate immune system and increase the incidence of invasive disease. Instead, open the window, stop eating, go to bed, drink lots of hot drinks and sleep. And if you can't sleep, reflect on your life. People also get ill from emotional causes. Let them come to the surface. Can't be that simple. Try it. Written by Dr. Jane L. M. Donegan, MBBS. 6th of April, 2020.